Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast, your home for all things tabletop sports. I'm James Cast, and this is episode 63. Today, our topic is celebrating the win. Connect with the podcast on Facebook at Tabletop Sportcast or by email at tabletopsportcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support the podcast, head over to patreon.com backslash tabletopsportcast. Of course, the best way to support the podcast is to tell your friends about the podcast and then go ahead and subscribe, follow, or give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening to podcasts. Now, before we get into today's main topic, let's take a look back at the week that was on the tabletop. So this past week has been busy. It's been a lot of things going on at work, and I'm also in the second half of April, so really trying to focus in on the projects that I've scheduled to complete this month. This week saw, and and in fact, even yesterday, right? Like, so a lot of what you're going to hear, I ended up getting about 12 sessions in gaming sessions in the past week. Uh, playing about seven different games. And a lot of it took place yesterday. Like yesterday was my day to kind of get caught up. Uh, Before that, I pretty much had a week away from gaming for the most part. I um, got a few things done early in the week and then just had a lot of work commitments. So at those times, it's okay. Just take a step back. And I've definitely had to revisit my plan a little bit for the month as I close it out. And that's why, again, as I've stated before, setting those priorities and knowing what you want to prioritize first and foremost. And for me, there's three projects that I'm really focused on wrapping up this month. So let's start with those. The uh, I've been doing this little regional tour for Highlight, and we I got through two more sessions this past week. The two AI betters that I went with this week were Foolish Freddy. Uh, Foolish Freddy did not do great, and he but he was keeping his bet small. So with his $100, he's still left with $45 at the end of the night. And I put him up front in, in terms of the AI betters. Uh, and then in the fourth and final tour stop, Aunt Bertha ended up cleaning up. So Aunt Bertha finished with $199, and she wins our top better award. Overall, it was Ezekiel was the... Uh, player who ended up performing the best and he just dominated uh after the first tour stop he pretty much took over and started winning a lot of matches so ezekiel ends up being my top player for the four match or the four nights at the fronton and you know overall if you think about it so my uh, the first one was the tourist who lost ninety dollars. Uh, the next one was Flovana Savant who lost all hundred dollars. Foolish Freddy only left with forty five dollars. So at that point, the house was up about. Let's see, it would have been up uh, what two hundred and forty five dollars at that point. And then in comes Aunt Bertha, and she ends up with walking away with about $99 of that profit. So overall, like the house still comes out ahead, right? We've had four uh, bettors go into the fronton to bet. And overall, the house still comes out ahead. But 
Aunt Bertha really showed that like even the house is going to lose from time to time. And she she hit a couple big bets that helped her finish on top. So that wraps up that little regional tour for Highlight. So put a check mark in that. And then the next uh, event that I was able to complete yesterday for the month that I've actually been working on the last several months has been the uh, Legends of Boxing career campaign for Chris the Cannon Carter. So I made it through his 14th Continental fight, uh, and this week I was able to get four fights in. Uh, he won three of the four. He had two decisions, uh, a unanimous decision against Sam Hill, a majority decision against Patrick Brooks, and then a knockout win um, to finish his career against Alan Perry. Before that knockout, though, he ended up losing in a first-round knockout to Ronnie Sanders. So overall, his and and some of the fights that I've had for him recently have been tune-up fights. Like I was hoping to give him some tune-up fights and get him ready for a potential title fight, but the loss really hurt him. Um, he kind of like has settled in around like 64, 65 uh, reputation points <clears throat> over the last few fights. So I think what I'm going to basically do is I'm going to call it for his career at this point because he didn't just keep accelerating up to that title fight at the continental level. And he's going to finish this first stage. Now, he just at the end of that 14th fight, he moved up. He's age 27 now. His career record is 26, 3 and 1 with 17 knockouts. So it's a pretty good record. And I think where I stand with him now is he's basically a top contender at the Continental Division. Not quite the title holder yet, and he's going to have to continue to prove himself uh, over this next year or so to be in contention. But if I really summed up where he is right now, I would say like he is a really powerful puncher. And if he lands a punch on you, you're going to be in trouble. However... He does not control fights as well as he needs to at this level. And most times he's taking more punches than he's giving. And he also tends to be a bit of a bleeder. Like he f doesn't have a great cut rating. And as a result, there have been a number of fights where he's been in trouble for cut points. Um, and because he doesn't have strong defensive skills either, the low control rating is really starting to hurt him a little bit at this level. So I think he's going to struggle with the top contenders in the continental division. And I don't even think like it's even considered to put him at the like world stage, you know, like the top tier. He hasn't even elevated there and I don't know if he'll ever get there. So that's why I think it's right now. It's a good place to call it. I might go back to revisit him or I might just start again with a new fighter at some point. Um, but that career campaign guide was really fun to play with. And it gives me some ideas on some other things that I can do too. We might talk, I might talk about those in a later episode as well. All right, moving on. Um, grid zone. I finally got week three of my grid zone league completed. Uh, Memphis beat Portland in a really exciting game. Final score was 32-31 for Memphis. Uh, tight game. Memphis, I mean, I'm sorry, Portland <coughs> scored on their final possession, but just ran out of time. They just didn't have enough time to get another uh, possession in there. And then... Orlando dominated Milwaukee 62-43 in a game that just saw both teams trading touchdowns late. Uh, Orlando had 
two consecutive possessions where their first play ended up in a touchdown. So just dominating uh, the Orlando star wide receiver ended up scoring 31 points himself. So a dot, one of the best individual performances I've seen, not the best in the season already, but in week three, probably the second best individual performance we've had. Um, decathlon. I completed the first half of the world championships. The heptathlon world championships are over. Jackie Joyner Kersey ends up taking the crown with 7,112 points. It's the second best performance of all time. She ends up finishing ahead of Ramona Newbert by 277 points. Uh, so Kersey misses out on her own world record, but she does record this, her second best effort and the second best effort of all time. Uh, so she is our world champion. And tonight, today, and probably tomorrow, I'll be wrapping up that project with the, the men's decathlon world championship. So we've got 10 athletes competing there. The, let's see, I also got red, white, and blue racing on the table. Uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway 600, Jeffrey Bodine. Uh, he survived some late trouble in the race, to, and he took the checkered flag. Uh, History Maker Baseball started my next series in the 1961 Continental League. It's Montreal at Denver. This is part of Series 6. Denver took Game 1, 8-2. Hoping to get a couple more games of that in this week as well. And that was pretty much it. So um, I did some play testing for a new game. Not going to really talk about that too much, but I did. That was some of the other things that I also did this week. Was a little bit of play testing for a new game that's going to be coming out as well. And that was my week in review. So a lot of different things on the tabletop. Again, really focused on finishing up especially yesterday after, you know, missing out on most of the past week, I decided I just needed to sit down and focus in on the projects first and foremost that were due this month. And that had just helped me kind of get the ball rolling um, to really start putting things across the finish line yesterday. So two projects done, one more, hopefully in the next couple of days. And then we'll be able to wrap up April, probably missing out on a couple of what we had planned, but overall, like still a pretty successful month uh, with a week to go. All right. Let's switch over to our main topic. So today we're going to talk about celebrating the win and an important step in any project life cycle is to really make sure that you take the moment to recognize the work that's been completed and, you know, really celebrate all the effort and achievements that took place along the way. Uh, it's, you know, if you're, if you work in project management at all at work, you'll know that uh, like at your job, you'll know that Taking the time to really recognize the work that's been done is something that we sometimes fall short of, but it is an important thing to do. And hopefully, you know, there's there's enough good opportunities to recognize the work that is being done uh, at your place of employment. But when we bring it back to like our hobby and we talk about celebrating the wins for something like our tabletop environment, 
it's a little more difficult, especially when you realize that most of the time we have an audience of one, right? We are, uh, as we talked about when we when we discussed the agile principles, uh, most times we are the delivery team, we are the product owner, we are the customer, all in one, right? We're doing this really for ourselves, and we do a lot of our projects from a solo standpoint. So how do you celebrate the win when most of your work is done for you by you? And there are still some ways to do that. I would also call out here too that while most of most of us are working on individual projects, you know, there are some more obvious uh, places that it's not just that model of one. Uh, we may be doing like cooperative projects, and then obviously celebrating the the achievements there is a little easier because now you've got more people engaged. We are most of us, especially if you're listening to this podcast, right? We're usually part of a bigger community of gamers. And that community can be another place that you can kind of share the accomplishments with. But whatever it is, there are some basic guidelines that you want to use in terms of celebrating the win. And we're going to go over a couple of those today. Now, I will start with by saying that the best way to celebrate wins is to, first and foremost, set goals for yourself. Uh, if I'm doing a lot of solo projects, which I do, I most, you know, I would say at minimum 80 to 85 percent of the projects that I do are going to be solo projects. But setting goals and setting a timeline and understanding the uh the, the effort that has to go into completing that project is an important first step. Because when I set those milestones for myself and I start to lay out a project, I, I get to tell myself, you know, what the size of this project is going to be. Is this going to be, you know, um, a major project, a minor project, a micro project, like whatever terms I want to use. What I'm basically telling myself is like how much effort I'm going to have to put in to bring this project across the finish line. And that will vary by the projects. Again, looking back at some of the ones that uh, I'm bringing home this week, right? And we talked about this with the Agile. The highlight project that I did, very minimal effort, only a couple of sessions, four hours total time commitment. If I look at the career campaign for Legends of Boxing, much bigger commitment, did that, you know, I think in all told, I had close to 30 fights, probably a little over 30 fights completed. Uh, I spent over six months working on that project. A lot of time invested there. And then I've got like this other project, the decathlon project that I've been working on for 10 years. Um, now the level of effort, not doesn't is probably total hours in is still pretty significant, but um not much higher than it was for something like the career campaign of, uh, in Legends of Boxing. As I think about celebrating those three projects, the amount of effort should be equating to the amount of celebration that I do as well. And some of these projects that I designed to be little quick wins like I did with Highlight, I'm not going to spend a lot of time kind of celebrating the win there. All right. I don't want to put a lot of time and effort and into recognizing the achievement because 
there wasn't a lot there. It was four hours of work for the most part. Not really something that needs a lot of achievement. But some of the others I want to put a little more emphasis on. So what are some of the things that I do? And we'll kind of start with some of the smaller ideas first, right? If I have these small projects, what are some things that I might want to do? Well, I'm going to start with the visual management that I do, right? When you work in a visual management environment, and I use Mural for a lot of my visual management, that gives me the ability to kind of recognize, and I have these little quick things that I do, right? When I complete a session, I get to turn the card color from whatever color I've assigned to it for the project to blank. And blank means it's done. And I love visual management tools for that very reason that you get just that little manual connection of I'm going to, if it's like a Kanban or scrum board, being able to move something from in progress to done, or in my case, changing the color from like, you know, red to blank. It's that little quick physical and visual reminder that, yes, we just completed this thing. And so I keep a project board that I also do the same thing on. I just basically turn the color from, you know, a color to blank. And on my board, as things go blank, it just kind of gives me this understanding of like creating more white space and understanding that those projects are now finished. Is it a lot? No. And for small projects, it might be enough, right? I don't need to do a whole lot of other celebration around it. Now with the highlight project, because it's a game that I don't think gets a lot of press and it's not something that I think a lot of folks talk about, I wanted to, at least because I tried something different there, right? I tried this idea of just using one AI better per night. So I wanted to share that idea with the larger community. So another thing that I can do as a quick win for finishing a project is to go out into some of the Facebook communities that I take part in, and I'll do it for the game specific. So like, for instance, Highlight is a Play Now game. So I went to the Play Now community in Facebook, and I just created a quick little post and just shared the results. But mostly I also wanted to just share this idea of, hey, if you're looking for a way to do this project, here's a nice idea that could work for you too. Uh, use one AI better per night, as opposed to like all nine, I think it's like nine or 10 of the AI betters at one sitting. I've tried it before with all of the AI betters, and it's a lot of work to manage all of their bets and also run the event. Not something I really want to sign up for. So I thought this was a good idea to share with the larger community. And by sharing with the larger community, I also said, hey, I just finished this project, right? Nice, simple reminder. Now, I probably won't do that for every project, but from time to time, if I do with some of these smaller projects or certainly with some of the bigger projects, I do want to kind of just share it more broadly with the, with the group. So those are some basic things that I do with the small level ones. Uh, I also have like a website that I maintain. And so, while I have fallen off that a little bit. I think one of my commitments to myself is to get back on track with making sure that I'm staying on top of all of the website materials and making sure that those also have some ways of saying like, hey, this thing just got finished. Uh, I have it on my main website page, like again, color coding it, 
So it move it from, I think blue is active and then red is finished. So I get to change the color of that project to like a completion color. And having these little events that take place are, it's just another way of me like recognizing that the work is done. Now, when I get into some of the bigger projects, I can change the way I celebrate a little bit more too. Uh, some games like History Maker Baseball, for instance, I've got other seasons that I want to get to, right? I have other card sets. And one of the things that I can do there is I can maybe put like that little carrot out there for myself for the celebration. Do I have another season that I want to play? Yes. Can't touch it till this one's done. Right now I've given myself a little bit of an incentive as I plan these projects. So one of the card sets, for instance, that I have is the, I think I have the 2021 card set that I bought at Christmas time for History Maker Baseball. Well, right now I'm using the 85 set. So I'm not going to allow myself to touch the 2021 card set until the 85 card set is done. And I did the same thing with the 85 when I was working on the 1940 card set. Not going to touch 1985 until 1940 is done. Right. And it gives me a little bit of an encouragement, like motivation to try to get each of the card sets complete is to think about what the next one could be. So you can use those little carrots out there for yourself, too, to try to think about, like, what am I going to do? Like, what's my incentive for getting this done? There could also be opportunities, you know, like I've got this podcast, so sometimes if it's a big enough project, I might take an opportunity to dedicate some time in the podcast to talking about a project that I'd recently completed. And I think that that can be a really helpful tool also is to share that more broadly with the community. And I can do that on my website. I can do that on the podcast. I could write a blog post about it. And I have even done that and shared them sometimes like with Keith Avalone. I could, you know, write a letter to the game company or something and let the designer know, like, hey, here's what I was able to do with your game. Um, just continue to share it more broadly with the community. I might write like a longer post or point or maybe a short post in the in the, some of the Facebook communities and just let them know, like, hey, this is something I did. And if you want to read more about it, you know, come over to this blog post or come over to this website or listen to this podcast episode. It just gives people the opportunity to, you know, take part in or at least feel like you're sharing you're sharing it with others. Uh, and if it's a big enough project, it's worth some of that effort at the end to dedicate more time to celebrating the achievement that you've been able to do with your broader community. And if I'm doing like a cooperative project, then I certainly want to make sure I recognize the contributions of everybody who's taking part. And one of the features that we do with like our cooperative, the cooperative events that I run is I really do want to kind of keep like a point standing in a sense and not just to make it like a little bit of a peer competition, but also to recognize like, hey, you know, while we all took part in this, some of you really helped bring this across the finish line in a quicker way by the amount of contribution that you did.
So again, equating the celebration to the amount of effort put into a project. If I complete a small project, I'm going to do something small like a post in my community chat or, you know, a quick little thing on my website. The bigger the project, the bigger the celebration should be. And, you know, talked about some medium projects. Maybe I go out and purchase like a new card set. That could be a great way to celebrate. Play games used to give out like little trophies. Maybe I go out and get myself a little trophy or get something to hang on the wall, like maybe a picture. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see take celebrating this Tom Seaver project that I'm working on now. Like when that gets across the finish line, maybe I'll put up a, you know, Sports Illustrated cover somewhere that has Tom Seaver on it just to say, hey, you know, completed that project. There's some things you can do, and the bigger the project, the bigger the amount of the celebration that you want to put into it. And make sure that you really do celebrate your big wins appropriately. That is totally up to you to decide what you do there. Now, the other thing that I will call out here, too, is when you have a really long project, it's important to celebrate milestones, too. It doesn't just have to be about waiting until the end of a really big project before you can celebrate those milestone wins. Now, I do some things to also celebrate the smaller milestones and, and even something as simple as keeping a gaming log and, and jotting down each and every session that I complete allows me to kind of track all of those milestones. But even there, like I will take some time to recognize along the way the achievements of as I go through it. But make sure that in doing that, you're not, again, over celebrating the milestones. Uh, there's a great book called uh, The Way of the Warrior Kid. And it's all about trying to train uh, young teenagers um, to and even younger to be able to understand like how to approach life. Right. And one of the things that this kid has been challenged to do in this book is uh, there's a, there's like a little like lake or river near them and it has like a little footbridge above it. And the footbridge is about 10, 15 feet above the water. And his uncle is challenging this kid to, you know, by the end of the summer, he wants him to be able to jump off of that bridge and into the water, right? Kid at this point is thinking that sounds like a big thing. And for him, it would be a big thing, right? But first, he's got to learn how to swim, right? He doesn't know how to swim really well. So he has to learn how to swim first. So along the way, as he learns to swim, the kid feels like celebrating. And the uncle says, you should celebrate it. That's a that's an achievement right there don't lose sight of the fact that you haven't really reached your goal yet. So a quick little moment to celebrate the fact that he is now a really good swimmer, important step along the way, don't lose sight of the big target. And I think that that's something that I try to remember as well when I'm doing my gaming projects is I might get to a major milestone in, in a project and I want to recognize the fact that I got there. But I don't want to lose sight of the fact that there's a much bigger objective still in front of me. So holding off and waiting to have that really big celebration is an important step. And the bigger the project, 
the bigger the celebration should be for you. And that's totally something that you have to decide, especially if it's a solo project. Just how much do you want to celebrate each of your wins? And just make it appropriate for that. All right. That is a wrap on today's episode. Uh, coming up next week, I think next weekend's episode is actually going to post a little early. Uh, I will be taking some time off next weekend. But we have upcoming uh, another interview. We're going to be sitting down with another community member. John McGinnis is going to sit down with me. And we're going to talk a little bit about his gaming experience. And also a little bit about the cooperative events that we've done together. So hope you'll tune in next for that. And again, thank you for the support.